0: As the Viking Age began, they looked beyond at the sea and took a perilous journey to new lands. As they saw land on the horizon, they would touch the coast and begin plundering. They would raid all over the beautiful lands of Scotland that looked ripe for conquest. The Viking invasions of Scotland occurred from as early as the year 793 to 1266, The Vikings would launch seaborne raids and invasions against the Picts and Britons of Scotland. These invasions would culminate in Scotland changing forever, as when the Vikings arrived, Scotland was a fragmented kingdom with many petty kings just like their southern neighbours in England. As well as this, the Vikings would create sea kingdoms in many islands surrounding Scotland, This is the story of the evolution of Scotland and how the Vikings influenced and forced it into change. The first Viking invasion of Scotland was when the Vikings sacked the monastery of Iona in the late 8th century and took many valuables and slaughtered many locals. In the year 839, the Vikings won a great victory with the descendants of many ancient kings having fallen to the Vikings, this left a gap in the order of how power was spread across the land. This allowed Kenneth MacAlfin, the King of Pickland, to oversee the unification of Scotland by taking the fallen king's crowns and lands and adding it to his own. For the first time in history, the rival lands within Scotland had been united. Kenneth is regarded as the unifier of Scotland, but he had to face a worsening threat from the Vikings. I would like to thank Established Titles for sponsoring today's video. Established Titles are a project based on historic Scottish customs, where landowners are referred to as lords and ladies. What Established Titles does, is it allows you to buy a small plot of land in Scotland from about one square foot, so then you can officially call yourself a lord. For every plot of land that is sold, Established Titles plants a tree to support forest restoration efforts. They have packs for Lordship, Ladyship, and a couples pack, and you can even get your whole family in there with the family titles pack. Just to clarify, this is an official title of Ladyship or Lordship, where you can officially change your name to Lord or Lady and put it on your credit card, aeroplane tickets, or you can even put it on your dating profile for an extra bit of intrigue. It's a fun title, where you can be the lord from the history books you always read or heard about. Established titles have told me that the first 200 people purchasing a title pack using my link will effectively be next to my own plot, which is a few minutes of walking distance. Depending on how many of you want to become a lord or lady, we could build our own kingdom. It makes an amazing last-minute gift. Established Titles are actually running a massive sale right now. Plus, if you use the code History Profiles, you get an additional 10% off. Go to establishedtitles.com forward slash historyprofiles to get your gifts now and to help support the channel. In the year 855, the Vikings would settle on many islands just off the west coast of Scotland. They would call their new kingdom Sudrejar, which can be translated into the Southern Isles. Ivar the Boneless and his family would rule over this kingdom after many battles with the natives. Kenneth, the unifier of Scotland, would unite the Gaels and the Picts against the Viking invaders, but in the year 858, he would die from natural causes, aged just 48. Upon his death, his brother Donald I would become king. He was described as a vigorous soldier, but he died just four years after his ascent to the throne. Constantine I of Scotland would succeed his uncle Donald as king, and his reign was dominated by raids and invasions. Ivar the Boneless and Olaf the White would soon come north to the lands of Scotland, and a young King Constantine would try to resist them. Olaf would embark on a three-year campaign of plunder and battle, which concluded with the sack and capture of Dumbarton Rock Castle, the main stronghold of the Strathclyde Britons in 870. Constantine, however, would come back with a vengeance, and in the year 871, he would defeat the army of Olaf the White, which resulted in his death. Ivar the Boneless would die a few years later in 873, while fighting in Ireland. The two Viking kings in charge of the invasion of Scotland were now dead, but there wouldn't be peace for long. Two years later in 875, Constantine would go to war, and most of his army was slaughtered, but he managed to escape. He wouldn't be so lucky in 877 though, where his army was broken, and the Vikings would capture the King of Scotland. He was taken to a beach, where he was then ceremonially beheaded in front of a group of Viking spectators. It took over a decade for the line of the Mook Alphins to regain power in Scotland, and in the year 889, Donald II was crowned king. Many great kings from both the Viking and Scottish sides had been slain, But this conflict wouldn't end for many generations. Babies were born, with their futures being that of war. During this period, the Vikings would completely destroy Pixland, but Donald, a warrior king, won many great victories. But just one year after his ascent to the throne in 900, he would die in battle, just like his father Constantine. He died a violent death at a premature age, it seems that the fate of many of the Viking and Scottish kings were to have a sword plunged through their chests. In the year 900, a new king would be crowned, and that was Constantine II, the cousin of Donald II. This year was good for Scotland, for around this time, there was a period of weakness among the Vikings, who were reported to have been divided between two rival leaders. Constantine would defeat the Viking invaders who tried to take his kingdom, but the world was changing. The Vikings were still a threat, but the greater threat was emerging to the south. King Æthelstan of England, for the first time in history, united the Anglo-Saxon kingdoms by conquering Northumbria in 927. Æthelstan's army would march all the way to Caithness, which is a historic county of northern Scotland, Ethelstan's army would raid and pillage Constantine's lands, which forced him to submit to Ethelstan, making him essentially the king of both England and Scotland. The influence of the Vikings was dwindling rapidly, with them now only having a base in Dublin and some islands surrounding Scotland. Due to the threat of Ethelstan and the English, King Constantine II would be the first documented Scottish king to ally himself with the Vikings. Constantine and his Viking allies would then invade England, which resulted in the Battle of Brunanburh in 937 against King Æthelstan, but Æthelstan would bring with him the whole might of united England. Thousands of Vikings and Scottish men fell, with Constantine's own son being killed, the battle was described as follows. Never has there been a greater slaughter since the Angles and the Saxons came here from the east and seized the country. So from fighting for generations, the Vikings and Scottish warriors would team up against arguably the most powerful Anglo-Saxon king that ever lived, King Ethelstan. After his death, however, the unification of England and Scotland would collapse. The Vikings still had a strong presence in Scotland, and by the time the 11th century rolled around, Thorfinn Sigurdsson, otherwise known as Thorfinn the Mighty, would rule some of the mainland in the north of Scotland, with many lands under him having much Scandinavian influence. Thorfinn's father was called Sigurd Hlodvirsson, the Earl of Orkney, which is an island just north of Scotland. Thorfinn's own mother was an unnamed daughter of Malcolm II, the King of the Scots. This represented how the Vikings and Scots had allied themselves, after what had been centuries of war. This resulted in the emergence of the Norse Gaels, who were a people of mixed Gaelic and Norse ancestry and culture. The Norse Gaels would dominate much of the Irish Sea and Scottish Sea, from the 9th to 12th centuries. They would found the Kingdom of the Isles, which consisted of the Isles of Man, the Hebrides, and the Kingdom of Dublin. The most powerful Norse Gaelic dynasty was the Ui Aymar, the descendants of Ivar the Boneless. Over time, the Norse Gales became more Gaelic, embracing the culture, and would disappear as a distinct group. However, they left a lasting influence, especially on the Isle of Man. Several Scottish clans have Norse-Gaelic roots, as Scottish royalty would often marry Viking war chiefs or kings. We see this example with Thorfinn the Mighty, as his mother was an unnamed daughter of Malcolm, King of the Scots. The Vikings would also influence the Scottish boat-building practices, the Scots would build and design the West Highland Galley, which was based off the Viking longboat. By the time the 13th century rolled around, an unbroken line of Norse earls in Orkney, who may have well been descended from Thorfinn the Mighty would end, and the title would go back to Scottish nobles. The Viking invasions played a role in the creation of modern Scotland. Their destructive raids weakened Pictland, Strathclyde, and Dal Raita, and they eventually became a united front against Norse aggression, instead of warring amongst themselves. Yet unlike the Danelaw in England, the Scandinavian occupation of Scotland had no common name, and if it did, it has been lost to history. Nevertheless, in the Northern Isles, the Scandinavian connection is still celebrated. One of the best known events, is the Lerwick Fire Festival, in which people will burn the imitation of a Viking longship. So although the Viking raids in Scotland weren't as well documented as the Viking raids in England, their culture and presence is felt long after their integration to society. After hundreds of years of war, and many ancient lines of kings being destroyed, two people would become one, and Scotland would become the land it is today. I hope you all enjoyed the video, if you did, make sure to like, comment and subscribe, and I'll see you all soon for another History Profile.